Psalm 65, I want to read the entire psalm. The Bible says in verse 1, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer. How many glad God hears prayer? What a great title. I wish uh, someone that could write songs, would write a song on that. O thou that hearest prayer. That just sounds like a good hymn. Unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. How many glad that your transgressions are purged away? I love verse four. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. I'm so glad that I can approach a holy God this morning on the merit of Christ. That he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth, and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, including Cage's Mountain. Now in our area they call it Cager's Mountain. It's C-A-J-A-H. How they get cagers out of that, no one knows, but that's what they call it. Being girded with power, was still at the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. The last few verses are very agricultural in nature. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the spring there, springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. We're going to look at the entire psalm. But the first phrase of verse 1, I want you to underline it in your Bible if you have the habit of doing that. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. God's waiting for our praise. That word waiteth has the idea sometimes of silent. It also carries the idea of fitting or proper. Certainly it is fitting, it is proper to praise our great God. But I think this morning God's waiting for us to praise Him, don't you? And I want to preach on this subject, blessed beyond measure. Blessed beyond measure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. Thank you for the Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I thank you that it is inspired, it is infallible, it is inerrant. Thank you it is preserved and that we have it in our language, in our mother tongue. And I pray this morning that you'd forgive me of my sin, cleanse my heart, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would do what I cannot do, and that is speak to the hearts of each one of us this morning. We are blessed beyond measure, and I pray this morning we would realize that and appreciate that. Lord, you're waiting for our praise. I pray that we would come and bring it to your presence today. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. How many of you love donuts? Would you raise your hand? How many of you, your favorite donut is a Krispy Kreme donut? Could I get a witness for that? 
I have a Krispy Kreme donut story. I want a year's supply of Krispy Kreme donuts when I was in Bible college. Man, that's hallelujah fit shouting right there time. But I won't go into that story. But how many of you like Dunkin' Donuts? All right. How many like Dunkin' Donuts better than Krispy Kreme donuts? All right. We need to have an altar call right now because I'm a Krispy Kreme donut guy myself. How many like duck donuts? Have you ever had duck donuts? I, I, I heard this quote and I thought it was really good. As you travel down life's pathway, may this ever be your goal. Keep your eye on the donut and not on the hole. <laughs> I think there's some truth in that though, isn't there? Keep your eye on the donut and not on the hole. Let's be honest this morning. We are all prone to count our burdens more than our blessings. And for you that are going to be called in, or are called to be a pastor and will be a pastor someday, I, you'll probably be like I am. I know I'm prone to this. It is so easy to dwell on the one person who criticizes you more than on all the rest of the church that loves you. I mean, at the end of a Lord's Day, if one person says a negative thing, you'll go to bed thinking about that comment instead of all the positive things that people say about you. I, I'm just saying we're kind of wired that way. For many of us, I know it's for me, our default position is uh, to dwell on those criticisms and to forget all of our blessings, to concentrate on the whole instead of on the donut itself. And I, I'm just saying to you this morning, we need to remember, all of us need to remember that every one of us is blessed beyond measure. I, I remind you just a psalm or two later from our Psalm 66, the Lord told us that we are daily loaded down with benefits from God and we are all so blessed beyond measure. You'll notice the superscription. It says to the chief musician, a psalm and song of David. And so David is writing this for the choir director. And most of our psalms either say a psalm of David or a song. This one gives us both titles, a psalm and a song of David. It is very prophetic in nature. It anticipates the day when the Lord will rule and reign during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And I'm looking forward to that day. We believe the background, the background, the background of this psalm is that David wrote it for use in the temple as a harvest festival hymn, probably for the Feast of the Tabernacles in the fall season. How many of you out of the, all the four seasons, fall is your favorite season? Uh, that's my favorite too, and I think that's the majority of us. I love the cool weather. I, I love the, uh, the changing of the leaves. I, I just, I love the smell. At our house, we always have a pumpkin spice candle going at the fall. I, I just love the fall season. And so we believe that this was written during that time, uh, and, and he's writing it. Uh, the people are going to come to Jerusalem, and he's writing it to be able to celebrate the Lord. That's why he says in verse 1, Praise waited for thee, O uh, God, in sign. Uh, they're, they're ready to praise God. They're, they're, they're excited about the harvest, what God has blessed them. We read that agriculturally, the verses there, how God sent the rain, and, and God blessed the furrows, and God blessed them with the bounty of harvest, and they they just want to praise God for it. They want to say, we are so blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. And I want to say to you this, uh, this morning, student body, that God is still waiting for our praise. Praise still waits for God and God waits for our praise. And, and this morning, I want us all to remember this, that every one of us is blessed beyond measure. It is good to praise God when you have a glad day. How many are having a glad day? Would you raise your hand? When you get an A on a Greek test, that's a good day to praise God. Do I have an amen right there? But it is also good to praise God when you have a sad day. 
I'm not going to ask how many of you are having a sad day. But you get a C on your Greek test, you can still praise God. That, that's a good spot to say amen for someone right there. I guess that's not one of your best Greek students. Not just these. <laughs> hey, it's good to praise God on a, on a glad day. It's good to praise God on a sad day. It's good to praise God on a bad day. You ever have a bad day before? Some of you are like, yeah, preacher. You, if you live with my roommates, you'd have a bad day all the time too. I put this down. It's good to praise God even on a mad day. You ever have a mad day? I know mad really means crazy, but we'll use it as, I mean, just have a mad day, wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm just saying to you this morning, whether you have a glad day, a sad day, a bad day, or a mad day, you get A, C, D, or F on your Greek test. Every day is a good day to praise God. (laughs) And so I want to give you three reasons this morning why we should praise God. We are truly blessed beyond measure. Three reasons why we should praise the Lord. Number one, would you write this down? The first reason, we should praise the Lord for his amazing grace. We should praise the Lord for his amazing grace. Verse one, praise waited for thee, O God, in Zion. We're all ready, David said, to come together for this feast, this harvest time to, to praise God. And praise is waiting for God in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. I love verse two. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Would you underline that in your Bible? We should praise the Lord for his amazing grace. God is so gracious to hear our prayers. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. I'm glad this morning that God hears and answers prayer. My wife's life verse is Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given thee. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto thee. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. I'm glad this morning, although Baal cannot answer prayers and hear prayers, my God can hear and answer prayer. And although Buddha cannot hear and answer prayer, my God can hear and answer prayer. I'm glad that this morning, because of the grace of God, I am blessed beyond measure to be able to go into the presence of God and that my God hears and answers my prayers. And I like that. Unto thee shall all flesh come. I'm glad you don't just have to be a Jew for God to hear your prayer. I'm glad you can be Jew or Gentile, man or woman, freshman or senior. I'm glad that if you are a preacher in the ministry, you can come to God and he answers prayers. But I'm also glad if you're a freshman in Bible college, that that same God hears your prayers as much as a man that is a veteran in the ministry. God is so gracious to hear our prayers and he invites all flesh to come into his presence. I like verse three. Oh, we should praise God for his amazing grace. He hears our prayers. He forgives our sins. Verse three, David under inspiration writes, iniquities prevail against me. Iniquities, crookedness, going the wrong direction, that prevails against me. As for our transgressions, I like this. Underline it, please. Thou shalt purge them away. 
Man, David was humble enough to say, I battle with iniquities and I battle with transgressions, but I am so glad that God purges my transgressions away. That word purge means to cover by atonement. And no doubt he was looking forward to that day when the the Lamb of God would come and take away the sins of the world. We look back to that day and thank God that he did come and he did take away our sins. And I'm saying to you this morning, we are all blessed beyond measure because we can and pray to Almighty God, but also because all our sins are washed away in the blood of Christ. I like verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. I underline that in my Bible. Man, I am a blessed man. I'm blessed beyond measure because God hears my prayer, because God has forgiven my sin, because I'm allowed to approach unto God on the merit of the Lord Jesus Christ. How, what a blessing that is. Thank God for his amazing grace. When I was a teenager, the vice president of the United States of America came to our city, came to our airport. And I remember my dad, he got me and my two brothers together and said, hey, we're going to go see the vice president of the United States. And so we went down to the airport and uh, I remember we, we got there early and we were, we were the first ones there, right on the first row. And uh, sure enough, vice president, he comes in, comes off his airport, uh, comes off his airplane, gets to the airport. But there was a, they had barricades between us and them. I couldn't shake his hand. I couldn't hug his neck. I couldn't tell him how to spell a certain word. I, I, some of you remember that, vice president? I couldn't do any of those things. There was a barricade. I just, I just lost like 95% of them with my age. <laughs> I couldn't do any of those things. Uh, in fact, they had secret service guys, you know, they had things in their ears and walking around. Stay back, stay back, stay back, stay back, stay back. I could not approach the vice president. But man, isn't this an amazing thing? I can approach one who is much greater than the vice president of the United States of America. And one that is much greater than the president. I'm talking about the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah God. I'm able to come into his presence. I'm able to approach him. You know how that is possible? Because of God's amazing grace. And you may be in school and you may be homesick and you may be overwhelmed with Greek or overwhelmed with another class and you may be overwhelmed with your school bill and you may be thinking, I'm packing it up. I'm going home. Before you do that, remember God has blessed you and he's waiting for you to praise him and thank God for his amazing grace this morning. We are blessed beyond measure. Number two, would you write this down? Number one, we should praise the Lord for his amazing grace. Number two, we should praise the Lord for his awesome power. For his awesome power. And I use the word awesome not in our our modern vernacular, but I mean, we're in all of God and his unbelievable power. Look at verse six. Which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power. Boy, would you mark that strength, mark that word power. Our God is not an impotent, make-believe God. Our God is an almighty, omnipotent God. I love what the commentator John Phillips said. He said this, and I quote, He is a God who can pick up a planet and toss it through space with the ease of a child blowing bubbles. Isn't it good? You ever see a child just whew, blow bubbles? That's what God can do with the planets. 
Almighty God, we're blessed beyond measure that, that we know we can approach a God who has awesome power. I like that. He set it the mountains by his strength. My wife and I, we enjoy the mountains. We love the mountains, especially in October, November. We like to get up on the Blue Ridge Parkway and, man, just drive and drive and drive and see all those mountains and see Grandfather Mountain, see Mount Mitchell and, and the leaves and, and just how God with his uh, pinky, and I use that obviously in a figurative way, but just carved out valleys and put mountains in place. I'm just going to say to you, what kind of God can do that other than the true and living God, El Elyon, our most high God? He he is an awesome God with awesome power. And I'm just blessed beyond measure to know him and be able to come into his presence. When Mount St. Helens erupted on May 18th, 1980, it let loose the force of 300 atomic bombs. It blew away a cubic mile of earth. And I want to tell you, that's just a mere ripple in the ocean of God's omnipotent power. I like verse seven. Some of y'all are like, I'm not a mountain person. I'm more of the ocean person. Well, verse seven's for you then. This same powerful God, which stilleth the noise of the sea, the noise of the waves and the tumult of the people. An amazing God. He has the strength to put the mountains in place, but he also has the strength to still those seas, the raging seas. We, of course, remember the story of Jesus Christ as he was sleeping in the bottom of the boat and that storm arose on the Sea of Galilee and they woke him up and they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That's a pretty dumb question to say to Jesus. Of course he cares. He always cares. And the Lord woke up and the Lord said, Peace be still, literally be muzzled. And man, that, that wind stopped in the sea and the, the, the disciples said, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the seas obey him. Aren't you glad this morning that we have a God that's even in charge of all the weather? He's the master of the sea. Stormy and noisy seas put forth enormous energy. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, an average hurricane releases energy equivalent to six times 10 to the 14th power of watts of, of electricity. This is 200 times the worldwide electrical generating capacity. I have no idea what I just read, but it sounded really smart. <laughs> but I'm just saying God's powerful enough to take care of that thing. The NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration says this, that in the lifetime of one hurricane, it can release as much energy as 10,000 nuclear bombs. And yet you think about that, that God can cause the hurricane to come and then God can still the waves and God can calm the storm. I, I'm just saying to you this morning that our God is powerful enough to make a mountain and to calm the waves. And I think he's powerful enough to meet your school bill. We're blessed beyond measure. I like verse eight. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid of thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. 
I understand that to be this. The outgoings of the morning is the place where the sun rises. It's the outgoings of the morning. And the outgoings of the evening is the place where the sun sets. Aren't you glad this morning that our God's in charge of the sunrise in the morning and the sunset at night? And he's in charge of everything between the day. So from the rising of the sun until the going down the same, the Lord's name is to be praised because we are blessed beyond measure to know a God that has that kind of power. He is in control. He is sovereign. There is no limit limitation to his power and he has the power to meet your needs today I'm saying you and I are blessed beyond measure because we know his amazing grace because we're aware of his awesome power number three would you write this down number one we should praise God for his amazing grace number two we should praise God for his awesome power number three we should praise God for his abundant provision for his abundant provision Look at verse nine. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn. When thou hast, would you mark this? You're gonna need this sometime in Bible college. So provided. Our God just doesn't have amazing grace and awesome power, but he has abundant provision and the other verses that succeed, uh, that follow that 10 through 13 uh, really are just emphasizing God's goodness and God's generosity to his people. In that day, they lived in an agricultural society. We live in a grocery store society. I don't plant a garden and put furrows down and, and trust God for that. I go to the grocery store and get milk and eggs there. I realize you live in a cafeteria society. <laughs> But the point is this, whether you're in an agricultural society or a grocery store marketplace society or in a cafeteria society, it's the same God that we have to trust to provide for us. That's why I wanted you to mark those words, so provided. Because you may be looking at your school bill right now and you may be looking at next semester right now and saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'll tell you how you're going to make it because we have a God in heaven that we can approach in prayer and we are blessed beyond measure with his abundant provision. Man, I love how he expounds. God gives water. God gives rain. God gives corn. God gives corn on the cob. I thought I'd get two amens at least there. And God provides food for his people. He's just a good God, isn't he? By the way, let me just say this. That is why it's so important that we don't just have vain repetition when we thank God for our food, but we really think about the abundant provision that God has given to us. Giving thanks is not some superstitious exercise to protect us from choking or getting sick. Oh man, I got some cafeteria food and I don't like the look of it. Lord, please bless it to my body. Well, you can pray that, but thank God that you have something at least to swallow. I'm saying giving thanks is an appreciation to God for supplying food for our hungry bodies. Let's look at the food on our plate, no matter how it looks in the cafeteria, and I know they do a great job, but let's look at the food on our plate and say, thank God that he provided this for me. May not be the best food in the world, but God provided it for us. And we need to realize we are blessed beyond measure for it. 
I, re- I heard a story one time. A little boy was asked to pray for supper. And his dad said, I want you to pray, buddy, for supper. And the boy started to pray. He said, Dad, I said, dear God, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you for it anyways. <laughs> and maybe you say that today. I don't like the look of this. But I tell you, God was good to give it to us and provide it for us, wasn't he? He's poured out his bounty upon us. And we are so blessed. Blessed beyond measure. I, I like verse number 11. Would you mark this? Maybe you want to claim it for this year. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. I don't know what kind of school year it's going to be, but I know this, God is always good. Whether you have a prosperous school year or a difficult school year, God's going to crown this school year with His goodness and we can praise God for His abundant measure. We, abundant goodness, we are blessed beyond measure. I read a story about a man who was walking across a busy street one day and he, he heard someone singing. And it was, a, in a, it was in a downtown city, big city, and people everywhere. And he, he kept hearing this singing. He was trying to find out and decipher where it was coming from. Finally, the sweet voice was distinguishable of coming uh, from this section over here. And so he went over there. And when he got over there, he was shocked. Because he, he located a man and noticed a man that had no legs and was sitting in a wheelchair. A w, double amputee, no legs at all. Then he, he went over to the man and he said to the man, and I quote, I want you to know that to hear someone singing, to hear you singing from someone in a condition like yours gives everyone else a lift in life. That man, that double amputee, that man with no legs, sitting in a wheelchair, singing at the top of his lungs, said these words with a grateful smile. I quote him, when I stopped thinking about what I had lost and I began concentrating on all that I had left, I found so much to rejoice in. And I got blessed out of that. Because it is so easy to concentrate on all that I've lost or I don't have. And to fail to realize how much I do have and what God has given to me. And this morning, I want to ask you, do you realize you are blessed beyond measure? Because you are. To be in Bible college, to live in America, to have clothes, to have shoes, to have all the abundant blessings God has given to us. And if we're not careful, we concentrate on all that we do not have or all that we have lost And we fail to thank God for all the good things God has given to us. He has, I like that word, I marked it in my Bible there in verse 9. He has enriched us with the river of God. Man, that's a message in and of itself. There's a river of God. He's enriched us. All of us are enriched. We are so blessed by God. And I'm just saying this morning, let's not focus on all we don't have or all that we lost or all that we wish we would have had. And let's think about how good God has been to all of us. We are all blessed beyond measure. And at the outset of this school year, I hope Psalm 65 will ring in your mind and in your heart throughout the school year. I thank God for His amazing grace. I thank God for His awesome power.
And I thank God for his abundant provision in my life. And so let me ask you a few questions in conclusion. Thank you for your good attention this morning. Number one, is God waiting for your praise? Praise waited for thee, O God. It's fitting, it's proper for our God. But is God waiting for you to praise him? Number two, today, would you find some place to praise the Lord for his amazing grace? That he hears your prayers, that he forgives your sin, that he's, uh, he's allowing you to approach his holy throne. I remember when I was in Bible college my freshman year, our family's very close-knit, as Brother Beal knows. And, uh, man, I got so homesick. I was a long ways away from my parents and my home church. And, man, I, I just missed them. And I, I remember there was this, this uh, little road by my dorm, and it was a gravel road. And I used to walk up and down that gravel road and talk with God and had such good times of fellowship with the Lord. Isn't it amazing that whether you're in Lattimore, uh, North Carolina, or you're in West Virginia, or even in upstate Michigan, that you can approach God. And that's all possible because of His amazing grace. Will you thank Him for it today? Will you praise Him, number three, for His awesome power? Whether it be mountains or waters or anything in between, what a mighty God we serve. He's powerful. He's awesome. Fourthly, will you praise Him for His abundant provision? Think about how good he's been to you and to me to provide for us. I could not thank him enough for that. My last question, number five is, today do you realize that you are blessed beyond measure? Let me just say this and I'm done. The reason most of us complain is because we measure ourselves with someone else and what they have instead of realizing I'm blessed beyond measure of what I actually deserve. And there's a big difference between that. Well, man, if I could sing like Nate, yeah, but you're a lot better looking than him. So just thank God for that. If I was as talented as Ryan, yeah, but we know him. He's got a lot of other issues. Right, Ryan? <laughs> just saying we can't compare ourselves with others we got to measure ourselves by what we actually deserve and then what God has given us based upon that and when we do that that perspective helps us all to realize that every one of every last one of us is blessed beyond measure father we love you thank you for the word of God thank you for this psalm of David this autumn psalm. Lord, as they were bringing in the bounty of how you provided for their gardens and their farms. And David was waiting for them to assemble so they could offer praise to you for all of those things. Lord, at this time of the year, help us to remember our bounty that you have given to us. Lord, I think about those words to our bountiful Father above. We will offer the tribute of praise for His glorious gift of love. Thank you, Lord, for your bounty. Thank you for being a, a generous God. Lord, I want to thank you for your amazing grace that you hear my prayer even right now, that you have forgiven my sin, that I can approach you. Lord, I thank you for your awesome power. 
that you caused the sun to rise and you will cause the sun to set. And everything in between is kept by your mighty power. Lord, I thank you for your abundant provision that you have so provided for me and so provided for us. That you have crowned our year with goodness from your hand. And so, Lord, throughout this semester and this year, help us not to measure and compare ourselves with others. Help us to measure ourselves by what we deserve and to thank you for our blessings. Lord, please use this message in my life, in the student body, now and the days that will follow. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.